0: Hello, and welcome to the Self Sufficient Podcast. This is Carl from selfsufficienthub.com, and we're here to talk all things self sufficiency. Welcome to episode nine of the Self Sufficient Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the urban garden and how you can create food self sufficiency with even a very small garden, at least insofar as your plants go. I understand that I'm very, very lucky to have a huge space where I live. And there's obviously lots of elements that go into our self-sufficiency planning here. But even if the garden you have is an urban garden of the sort of size you'd usually find in a town or village or even a city, then there's still a lot you can do that'll get you much, much further along the road to being food secure than doing nothing at all, or just leaving your garden as somewhere to, you know, entertain and have barbecues and things like that. Now, of course, all these things have value. I'm not suggesting for one second that an area for entertaining doesn't have value and doesn't have a value for you and your family. But I'm saying that you can also create spaces, even within an urban garden, that add value in the area of which I'm interested, which is self-sufficiency. So I'm going to talk about an average garden and just taking a small part of that, a size maybe five meters by five meters, so not a very big space at all, and how you can use that to produce a tremendous amount of food. So the first thing I would say is that you should have at least one or two vegetable beds. Now these can be made any way you like. If you've got um, lawn at the moment then that can very easily be transformed into a vegetable bed. The easiest way of doing that is just to lay some cardboard down straight on top of the grass and put some mulch on top and within a few months that's going to be ready to plant down through the cardboard or the cardboard will have rotted and you can plant into that compost mulch on top and you've got an instant vegetable bed. Another way, which is sometimes better, it does very much depend on your personal preferences, would be to make some raised beds. Now, raised beds don't have to be particularly fancy. They don't have to be made of brickwork or stonework. They can just be a few pieces of timber. They can be really chunky railway sleepers, reclaimed railway sleepers, or they can be made out of just pallet wood. So you can make your own raised vegetable beds at no cost at all by just going round and scrounging some old pallets, some old timber pallets. Take them apart, denail them, and then use the slats to form the sides, and in the corners and where the slats meet, you take the other pieces, the cross beams, and you just beat them into the ground with a lump hammer and nail or screw them all together. The one thing you will need if you're making raised beds is something to fill them with. So perhaps you can take that from somewhere else in your garden. Otherwise you might need to get some compost or some topsoil from somewhere. But once you've got a raised bed, then you're good to go. You're ready to go planting. Now, I think for a family of five, if you use... Um, a bit of crop rotation, succession planting and that kind of thing, you really can produce enough vegetables to feed your family in a space that's probably about four meters by two meters. So if you made two raised beds that were four meters by a meter or something of that nature and you were smart about what you planted, when you planted and how you planted, then you could potentially be completely self-sufficient with regards to vegetables just in that small space one thing you need to remember particularly in an urban garden if you don't have the vast array of hedging and all sorts of things that we on our homestead naturally have as a by-product and also the uh, the animal waste products to create your own compost is you might end up with a compost deficit. So you're going to need to work quite hard to make sure that you're composting all the waste that you produce there in terms of your leftover plants after you've harvested, any lawn clippings, any hedge trimming you do have, and also kitchen waste that's left over. Because when you're intensively managing a small space, like a small raised bed, what you need to remember is the energy that you're taking out in your carrots or whatever it is you're harvesting, it's got to come from somewhere and it comes from the compost. So if you're thinking about a complete self-sufficiency cycle, which i like to do and i like to encourage others to do you need to think of that energy cycle so we're taking that energy out of the soil and it needs to be replenished now it's replenished with compost so you need to be thinking about how you're going to make your compost which brings me on to the next part of an urban garden is it should have a compost bin now this can be a plastic compost bin that you purchase um they are in my experience perhaps not at the moment but um certainly from time to time particularly in the autumn they come up on Gumtree and free cycle people who are giving them away quite often people leave them behind when they move house someone moves in they don't want it and it's just sat there waiting for a new home so we've got three plastic compost bins that we got without paying they were all free given away on free cycle so i'm a huge advocate of keeping your eyes open for things like that If you don't want a plastic bin, then you can easily make your own bin, again, out of just some old pallets. There's a 100,000 videos of making compost bins out of pallet wood and it's a really simple way to manage your compost. Now, if you're on an urban garden and you've got a smaller space, then the size of your composting area should reflect that. So where I am, we've got... Uh, one, two, three, four, five, we've got about eight compost areas, and we use them all, but obviously in a much, much smaller space, you probably only want the one. The next area, so you've got a couple of raised beds, and you've got a compost bin, then the next area I'm going to suggest is directly planted into the ground would be some edible perennials, and I'm talking about things like artichokes, rhubarb, uh, maybe some raspberries, things like that in a small section on the ground. You might also want to consider extending that area and planting some tomatoes and things of that nature. The one addition that you could make to this is you could build a very small uh, cold frame, which is like a mini greenhouse. So you could literally do it by building a very small miniature version of your raised bed it only has to be six inches off the ground or so and across the top you would put a piece of perspex again readily available from all sorts of free sources online just old pieces of um, glass or old windows old bits of perspex, anything at all that you could make a hinged lid on. And what that's gonna do is it's gonna allow you to increase your seasons. So you're going to be able to plant your seeds earlier because it's gonna work as your greenhouse and you're gonna be able to bring your seedlings on there and then plant them out. And then you're gonna be able to use that really usefully for your succession planting by having a continual stem of seedlings that are always coming through in that little area. Again, it's really important that you're gonna feed your soil This is going to be one of your mini powerhouses of your vegetable garden. The last area I'm going to suggest would be the south facing edge. So whether that's a wall or a hedge, I would use this to have climbers and possibly a fruit tree or two. Now you can get fruit trees that can take up less than a A cubic meters worth of space especially if you train them now you can train them along this wall and you could have maybe a apple tree and a pear tree that each grow no more than two meters high a meter and a half across and then they don't come out from the wall more than a few centimeters so i would certainly consider that and then finally while we're still talking about climbers I would use the remaining section of your south facing element to be planted with things like beans. These are things that are obviously annuals, but they're going to be really high productive and high production and they're going to grow up up the walls. So that I think could move an urban garden very very much closer to self-sufficiency than the average urban garden that you tend to see. Now, everything should be tempered by your own preferences. Any time I suggest a plant, that might not be for you, you know, and of course, climate comes into it. So everything I've suggested is perfect for a temperate climate like we have here in the UK. But if you live in a more tropical area, then perhaps the plants would be, you know, a completely different type of thing that you're, you're considering. Now, We've also got some paths and areas that we move around our space in. And I'm going to suggest that rather than having the whole area paved, you might consider stepping stones. And in between those stepping stones, you can plant with some herbs, ground cover, and things like that. So while you're walking around your garden, you're literally walking over the parsley and the oregano and the rosemary, and you keep these things nice and short but they're always there and you could also grow in between paving slabs rows of radishes and plants that really don't take up much space. I'm sure there are a million and one other areas that you could squeeze little things into and it's going to come down very much to what you like growing, what you like planting, what you're successful at growing, what your family likes to eat. Just because you only have a small space, it shouldn't put you off, you know? There's lots and lots and lots you can do. You could also consider a beehive. Now, a beehive doesn't take up much space. And despite what you may think, bees are actually not aggressive honeybees, or on the whole, they're not aggressive. If you buy them from a a good source or you know someone who has a colony of well-tempered bees, You could ask them for a swarm in the spring and that's going to give you lots and lots of honey. This is just one of the ways that we can think slightly differently about how to use our garden and it really add into our self-sufficiency project. Watercress is another example of something that you could consider growing. So every garden you should try if you can to have a water butt Now, you can grow watercress in your water butt. Just leave the lid off. You might want to put some netting over it to stop it filling up with too many leaves, but watercress will grow quite happily in a water butt, and that will give you a great supply of salad greens in an area that you probably wouldn't otherwise get anything from apart from water storage. So there's a few things to be thinking about. I hope that you have fun playing around with these ideas and starting your own urban garden I hope you're enjoying the podcast and I'll look forward to seeing you on the next one cheers bye if you find these podcasts valuable there's several ways you can support them the easiest is to leave us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcasts the other ways you can help us are by sending it to someone else try and introduce it to new listeners or blog about it or include it in some way you post online. All the ways you support us really make a difference. Thanks for your help. See you on the next one.